Welcome to the podcast of Ben Kruska, where every Wednesday there's a fresh word of faith and victory for your life. Now, here's Ben Kruska. Let's speak tonight on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You can turn with me to Luke chapter 3. We start by looking at Jesus. You know, Jesus growing up, before the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he never did any signs and wonders. You read your uh, Catholic Bible, then maybe. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, there's some stories going around or whatever that he used to heal doves and birds and whatever as a 12 year old, but that's not in the Bible. The Bible says this beginning of signs at, in, in John chapter 2, when he did the miracle at the, caning of, uh, at, the, at the wedding in Cana, the Bible says this beginning of signs Jesus that, did. That's where his miracle ministry started. But here in Luke chapter 3, we see really the beginning of it. Jesus waited for something. Better said, Jesus waited for someone. Jesus waited to be clothed with power from on high. Because he didn't come and function on this world in his capacity as the Son of God. He functioned on this earth in his, in his becoming man. Under the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how he functioned in the ministry on earth. He became just like us, but without sin. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus had grown up, and the time had come for him to be water baptized. Verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit de de descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Here we see Jesus being baptized in the river Jordan by, by John the Baptist, his cousin. He comes up out of the water. Heavens open up. It never ever says again that the heavens closed, by the way. Some people are like, open up the heavens, open up the heavens. And they're waving flags and blowing shofars, trying to open the heavens up. But the heavens are already open. You don't need to blow the shofar to open up the heavens. You need to open up your mind. <laughs> open up your heart. Heavens open. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. Like a dove. He's not a dove. Came like a dove. And the Father spoke to Jesus, and this is important to remember. Before Jesus did anything... In the ministry, the Lord already spoke to him. The Father spoke to him and said, This is my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. So before you do anything for God, you have to do it from a place of your identity being affirmed in Christ. Not in your performance. This is very important because people get a little bit of power and they start running around. Ah, I'm, I'm somebody. But they do it to prove something to the world. But you got nothing to prove. Because you died. If you're trying to prove to the world, or for many people it's like, I'm going to show my dad. My dad never believed in me and I'm going to show the world and I'm going to show my dad that I'm something and I'm important. You know, Jesus already died for you. He shed his blood for you. The Father already loved you enough to send his only begotten son to this world to die for you. 
And the Bible says we are accepted in the beloved. You're already accepted. You're already important. You're already, your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You have arrived. All right? So we're not doing anything in ministry or in service for the Lord to get to somewhere. To gain approval. Or to reach a certain position or height. No, we do any kind of ministry or any kind of service to the Lord. We do it from our position of being accepted. We're doing it from our position of the Father is well pleased with me. Because I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. That's, that's backwards for many people. So anything you do for the Lord, you do it from the overflow of your relationship with the Lord. It's very important. That's why many people have burnouts. Because they're running, 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 but they're never reaching a point where they feel like it's good enough. It's always running, running, running to get somewhere. Next place, next height, next mountain to take. And, and, and the, the praise of man is vain. If you're doing it for that, that, that doesn't fill you. And many times the people you're looking for approval from, they're not giving it to you. And then you're like, what are you going to do? So you better just stop. Get in the presence of God. Let Him affirm you. Let Him show you how much He loves you. I pray for everyone here under the sound of my voice that you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know how much He loves you. You really know it. That you may come to know through experience for yourself the love of God. Not just like, I know. Yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs> the Bible tells me so. <laughs> they actually asked, they asked Billy Graham at the end of his life, what's the greatest revelation that the Lord has ever given you? And he said, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Yes, Jesus loves Greatest revelation. Preached in stadiums all over the world. Met with presidents. Led hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people to the Lord. Greatest revelation. Jesus loves me, this I know. Because ultimately, all that stuff is not important. It's you and Jesus. It's you and Him. Your relationship with Him. And you can really come to know through experience, not just through what Ben Kuska tells you or through what a book tells you, but through experience for yourself, the love of Christ. Some people have a problem with people rolling on the floor, crying, laughing and stuff like that. But that's an experience where you come up off the floor. Yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs> you can interview those people you can ask them what happened I don't know what happened but I love Jesus I don't know what happened I don't know exactly what he did but I used to be angry I used to be full of pride I used to be full of selfishness but now I love people I love Jesus I want to serve my generation you can ask people because when he touches you it's like I come to know him person and he is love and it changes you it makes the hard heart soft 
It can change cold-hearted people into the soft cuddle bears. There's one here on the front row. <laughs> the world makes you hard, but Jesus makes you soft. And that's scary, especially for men, you know. It's like... I don't want to deal with my emotions. I want to shove them deep inside. <laughs> but the thing is, Jesus said, come to me. Learn from me. I'm lowly and meek of heart. And you'll find rest for your soul. When you just build all these walls up, keep everything out. I got it all together. Guess what? You don't got it all together. We both know. We're all a mess without Jesus. That's why you just, you can come. And that's, that's what's so beautiful about the anointing, about the power of God, because it levels everything. There's no great men, small men. It's all the same. We're all the same on the floor. All poof. Snot and tears. A big mess without Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, that, that, that's... Comforting. Because sometimes we feel we have to, especially in church, we have to have it all together. But you know what? You can give it all to Him. He has it all together. Hallelujah. But, that, so that means we have to make room. He can only take the room you give Him. You let the Lord do a small work in you this year. He can only do a small work through you this year. But you just say, Lord, I don't care if you hang me upside down on the ceiling. I don't care if everybody thinks I'm crazy. I don't care what my family says. I don't care what my co-workers say. I want to have everything you have for me. Do whatever you want to do. Change me, rearrange me, mold me, shape me, form me. You are the potter, I am the clay. I'm in your hands, whatever you want to do. Then God says, ooh, I found someone. I found a vessel that I can pour my glory in, that I can pour my anointing in, that I can pour my power, someone I can shape and form into the image of God. So I can send them out into this world and make a difference in this generation. I believe God's got a lot of people like that here. Amen. But it's up to you. It's up to you. God doesn't decide how far He can take you. You decide. You decide. And I can promise you in the beginning of the school year for all the Bible school students, you're going to get in these next 10 months, you're going to get a thousand opportunities to quit, to get offended, to run away, to get distracted. But it's up to you to say, no, I'm locked in with Jesus. Nothing can move me. Nothing can shake me. I'm going beyond, after the call. I forget what's behind me. I press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. <laughs> so Jesus was affirmed 
in his identity, he'll do you well to get that grounded. This year, that's one of the big prayers for us as a leadership team, is that you get grounded in the love of God. That your roots go down deep in him, like Ephesians 3 says. If Jesus had to wait for this, <laughs> coming from heaven, knowing where he came from, knowing where he's going again, you and I need it too. So Jesus waited for the Holy Spirit to come upon him. Then Luke 4 verse 1, next chapter. Next, very next thing that happens after Jesus comes up out of the water. Then it says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those 40 days he ate nothing and afterwards when they had ended he was hungry. Man, that's a fast I would like to have. That afterwards you get hungry. <laughs> I usually get hungry after five minutes of starting. <laughs> so Jesus was filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit to be tested. And there he overcame the enemy with the sword of his mouth saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. Every temptation the enemy came with, Jesus bounced it back with the word of God that's what you're doing in this year as well you're learning to handle that sword that when the enemy comes knocking you can send him right back to hell where he came from you say no not today devil not in my house and the devil left him for a season looking for another opportune time verse 14 then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit everybody say filled with the spirit in the power of the Spirit. Oh my, my, my. I'm believing for this group. That we are returning out of this room in the power of the Spirit. Tonight some people will get filled with the Spirit. And some people are going to get empowered by the Spirit. To wreak havoc for the kingdom of darkness. Oh hallelujah. Oh hallelujah came in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee and news of him went throughout the whole region and he taught in the synagogues being glorified of all. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as, he, as his custom was, that's why we make you go to church. Well, we can't make you, but we ask you, go to church because Jesus had a custom to go to church and you should have the custom to go to church as well. Amen. Amen. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. This is where he opens up. Isaiah 61. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Everybody say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. <laughs> you can have the spirit in you. The spirit with you. was another thing to have the spirit upon you. And that's what we're talking about today. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Anointed me to preach. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. Gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them. Today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hallelujah. This was a messianic prophecy. 
that the Jewish people knew this was supposed to be, that was going to be fulfilled when the Messiah came. And Jesus had guts enough to pull out that book, to read those scriptures, to sit down in the chair and say, Today, what was spoken about that Messiah has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I'm the one. Seek no further. I am he. And they marveled and then they wanted to throw him off a cliff. It's a great start to ministry. <laughs> First preaching engagement. They tried to kill me. Well, you're in good company. Hallelujah. But Jesus walked right through the middle of them and goes to the next town and sees revival. Hallelujah. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, nothing can stop you. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, He makes even your enemies to be at peace with you. Amen. Glory to God. That's on Jesus. And then, of course, His miracle ministry started. Healing the sick. Casting out devils. Raising the dead. Mighty acts. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord came only upon king, priest, and prophet. Only in a few people. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes upon all believers who want. So let's look at a few examples from the Old Testament. On David, for instance. 1 Samuel 16. God spoke to Samuel and told the prophet Samuel to go, in, to go into the next king. Saul had walked away from the Lord. Did his own thing. That's why it's so important that you let the Lord do a big work in you. Because when you get placed in a position of authority and you don't have a broken heart to say like that. You're not yielded and surrendered to God. Then when the power comes and the influence comes, you, you do your own thing. So Saul was rejected by God to be king. And God told Samuel, go to the house of Jesse. And anoint one of his sons to be the next king. And Jesse brings all of his sons minus David. Thinking that one of these will be it. Some of these guys were mighty warriors. Great men. Fighters. But they all passed by Samuel. And the Lord says that's not him. That's not him. That's not him. All of them have passed by. And Samuel says none of these the Lord has chosen. Do you have any other sons? His own father didn't even call David to this banquet. His own father didn't even consider him. Now he has one more son. He's with the sheep in the field. Get him! <laughs> we will not sit down to eat until he's here. So somebody runs to get David. Young, young kid. With the sheep. The youngest of all. Not even considered by his father to be the next king. If anybody is going to be anointed, it's not going to be David. These seven others will be it. But it didn't happen that way. When David stood before Samuel, the Lord spoke to him and said, This is the one. Hallelujah. This is the one. Verse 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And then the next chapter, of course, David, anointed by God, the Spirit of the Lord upon him. Something changed when the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. 
See, God can take common men and common women, ordinary men, ordinary women, normal people, supernatural, put His Spirit upon them and makes them extraordinary, buitengewoon, bovennatuurlijk, supernatural, different. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, everything changes. No matter what people have said about you, no matter how society has defined you, when God puts His hand upon you, things change. When the whole army of Israel was afraid for that Goliath, one chapter after the Spirit of God came upon David, David showed up to the battlefield and boldness rose up within him. Oh. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of God? And they said, you shut up. You're just a boy. Who do you think you are? But he's like, it's not me. But it's the greater one on the inside of me. There's just something about me. Something upon me. I can't stay silent. I can't shut up. It's like a fire. Shut up in my bones. And I cannot keep it in. So sure enough, David comes before Goliath and kills him with one shot of his stones. Cuts his head off with Goliath's own sword and wins a mighty victory. And soon enough, see when you're anointed, the gevestigde order will come against you. Because religion and the structures of this world, they hate the freedom. Of the sons of God. And King Saul was afraid for his place to be taken. And he started persecuting David. All those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Make no mistake about it. You want to be on fire? You're going to stick out. You want to have the spirit of God upon you? You're going to stick out. You're going to be different in this world. The world is full of darkness. But light will shine in you. If you don't want to stick out. Don't, don't, don't get anointed. Don't come to this Bible school. Go to some dead school. Seriously. Because I don't want to ruin your life. But if you want it, you say, oh God, I don't want to just read about your power. I just want to read about what you did in those days I want to win souls I want to lay hands on the sick I want to see the spirit of God moving through my life I want to write history with God I want to see my generation changed then God can take the most timid and the most shy person in this room God can take the, the person that no one will expect anything from and make a giant in the faith out of them I truly believe, I say this by the Holy Ghost. I truly believe there's such kind of people here. That God has you here for such a time as this. To be raised up in character, in word, in spirit. You go all the way. You don't look for shortcuts. You don't look for your own way. You say, God, your way or the highway. And let the Lord do a mighty work in you. And there's no telling. 
the eternal effects that will come forth from your life. I believe every school year, I believe, but I feel like Zoom is honing in on it more and more. That God is doing something special in these last days. And then the people that answer the call for this school. And the people that answer the call to come join this church. And the people that press into these services. They're here by divine appointment. There's something here deep calling out to deep. Because these are not comfortable services to be in for the flesh. I feel the weight in this room. We're not here to play games. We're not here to entertain the saved. We are here to raise up an army of disciples and an army of leaders that will go and be dumped in dark places and let an oasis spring up in those places. I can tell you up front, you can't go without the Holy Ghost. You can't go without the fire. You can't go without the anointing. We've heard about Gideon in Judges 6. How, he's, how he was in fear of the Midianites. Hiding in the wine press. But an angel of the Lord visited him. And said, hey mighty man of valor. And he looked. And he looked. Who are you talking to? Are you talking to me? <laughs> and the angel said, yes you. This is the Ben Kuska translation. <laughs> he said, God will deliver his people through your hands. He said, I'm the smallest tribe. And of the smallest tribe, I'm the smallest in my family. What could I possibly do? But I can tell you today, my friend, God specializes in taking what is foolish and confounding the wise. God specializes in taking the weak things of this world and confounding the strong and mighty to bring to nothing those things that are mighty. So when you're weak, you're actually strong. Because when you come to God with all your weakness, when you, when you come to God with all your things and whatever, and you say, oh Lord, can you use me? Oh Lord, can you come and burn with your fire on the inside of me? Come Lord, change me. You did it for David. You did it for Gideon. You did it for Peter. You did it for Paul. Lord, you can do it for me. I want your fire. I want your anointing. I want you to change me. I want you to rearrange me. I don't want to be the same anymore. I want you to set my heart ablaze. Then I may burn for you. And after that encounter with that angel, it says in Judges 6 verse 34, that the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. And he blew the trumpet and the people of Israel started following him. And the rest is history. He defeated the Midianites with 300 men. Oh, you and the Holy Ghost, you're a major majority. 
<laughs> they are more with us than are with them. Even if the whole world is against you, when you got the Holy Ghost. Oh, when you got the Holy Ghost, you're unstoppable, you're unshakable, you're immovable. You have heavenly wisdom, you have heavenly strength, you have heavenly power. There's many others that we can take from the scriptures that have had encounters with God that have been where it says that the spirit of the Lord came upon them. But now you, because it's one thing to look at history, but what about you? And what about me? In John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said this, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus said, he said, it's better that I go. Because when I go, I make room for the Holy Ghost. See, when Jesus was on the world, in, on the earth, could only be in one place at one time. Everybody had to come to him. But when he departed, he said, I will pour out the promise of the Father upon you. The same works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these. And now, it's no longer Christ there or Christ there. But now it's Christ in you. Oh, glory to God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead comes to dwell in your mortal body. Of course, Jesus had the Spirit without measure, but we have the Spirit with measure. That's why we need the body. That's why we need each other. Because not one of us has it all. We all need each other. In Luke 24, verse 46 through 49, Jesus had just rose from the dead and he's preparing. Where did my water go? What did I do with it? Man, this is not for me. This is from the worship team. I drink not from them. That's weird. We're just drinking. Did you find Luke 24? Sprinkle <laughs> Be baptized. <laughs> huh? You stole it? How did it get back there? <laughs> oh, during the, during the song, I brought it. That's what happened. Okay, doesn't matter. <laughs> Luke 24, verse 46. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
And he says, and you are witnesses of these things. Watch this. Verse 49. Behold, I sent the promise of my father upon you. And tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Until you are clothed with power from heaven. The, the disciples that had walked with him for three years. The disciples that he had trained up. He says, wait here in Jerusalem. I'm going to send my, the promise of my father upon you. But don't do anything. Don't attempt anything for God. Until you be clothed with power from on high. Acts chapter 1. We see that fulfilled. We see Jesus promise one more time. In Acts 1 and in Acts chapter 2 we see it fulfilled. But reach, let's read Acts 1 verse. In verse 4 to 8. In a moment we're going to pray. For all who have never received this baptism in the Holy Spirit. You don't speak in tongues. We're going to pray in a moment, so get ready to receive. This gift is also for you. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So there's a difference between water baptism and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's the baptism into the body of Christ when you get saved. You get born again. You get, by the grace of God and the supernatural act of God, you get placed out of darkness into light. You become part of the body of Christ. There's a baptism. Then you get water baptized. That's the dying of the old and the resurrection to the new life. The seal. Then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Where he fills you through and through. And he comes upon you with his fire and his power. Therefore when they had come together. They asked him saying Lord will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria. And to the end of the earth. Everybody say power. power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you'll be witnesses unto me. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2. We see the fulfillment of that promise. And the start of the church. This is how the church started. And this is how the church should be today. Some people say, well this is a strange church. No, we're a book of Acts church. Amen. Anything that doesn't have this is a strange church. We're not abnormal. They're abnormal. When the day, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Okay. If you don't call yourself Pentecostal, okay, I understand. But if you call yourself a Vrije Evangelische, a Pinksterkerk, non-denominational, we are free, we have, we have the Holy Ghost, then have some Holy Ghost. Amen. Have some Holy Ghost. Let it be known that Jesus is alive. Don't keep him caged up behind the curtain. Oh no, we don't do these things here. We, we're more like a showroom. 
Where people can come and feel Christianity out before they make a decision if they really want. No, we're, 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 we're the garage and the showroom all at once. You can get your oil changed. You can get a whole new engine. Amen. You can get a whole new car. We're not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Hey. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. One of my favorite words in the Bible. I love this word. I know I've told you a thousand times, but I love this word suddenly. Because it messes with our humanity. Because it's like, oh, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm going my own way. Suddenly! <laughs> just sitting in your chair, listening to the sermon. Suddenly, suddenly a big angel dumps an oil, a barrel of oil over your head and your lights a match and sets you ablaze. Suddenly, you are just a normal Christian. You were going by just fine, no persecution, everybody was happy with you. But Jesus said, watch out when everybody speaks well of you because... It's no bueno. They spoke evil of the prophets before. Amen. They were persecuted. So don't think it's strange when you're persecuted. Don't think it's strange when you're a little different. When you're a little strange. But I'm happy to be strange. I'm happy to be different. Because I'd rather be different with the Holy Ghost than to be normal and to be dead on the inside. But I got the life of God inside of me. I got a fire shut up in my bones. And I'm not ashamed of it. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. There's a mighty rushing wind. <laughs> Filled the whole guy where they were sitting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Leave some for some people that have never had any, okay? Some people take it all for themselves. But that's more than enough for everyone. Amen. <laughs> I'll read it again. Verse 2. I like this verse. <laughs> the old one accord in one place and suddenly, lots of <laughs> suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. See, many, many churches, you can come every week. There's never a rushing mighty wind. There's never a still small breeze. It's not even a... <sighs> you have to like really be quiet to hear what is being said. And when God's moving, not, it's not always loud. There's very quiet moments in the presence of God as well. But I like rushing mighty wind. I like when God just messes things up. I like it when, when our structures and our organizational order and all these different things, it all just gets flipped upside down by God says, I'm in charge. My church. I died on the cross, not you. Throw that agenda away. Throw your order of service away. 
throw your three points, service and five poems and two songs, throw it away. Let me move, let me touch my people. Let me minister to my sheep. A rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them. See, it's okay if it's filling the house, but now it's coming to them. God makes things personal. He gets right up in your face. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. There's a flame for every name here today. You can't, you shouldn't go home without a flame. You shouldn't go home. This little light of mine. You should go home a place with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Hey. You should go home with the fire shut up in your bones that you cannot keep in. Oh, maar ben ik wil gewoon een fijne christen zijn. Wrong place. Wrong church. There appeared to them tongues of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Hey, that's what's happening here tonight. God wants to fill every single person under the sound of my voice. Every person in one of these beautiful blue chairs. God wants to turn your frown upside down. God wants to fill you till you overflow. God wants to give you fresh oil till your cup runs over. Some people have said, oh, I'm just content. Ik ben tevreden with my little bit, with my little drop. But tonight, no more little drop. Tonight, an overflowing measure of the Holy Ghost. And you're going to run. You're going to dance. You're going to shout. You're going to testify that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Come on, shout a big hallelujah tonight. They were all filled. They were all filled. Tonight in your chair, you can be filled. You don't have to wait for me to lay hands on you. The Lord will fill you up. The Lord will fill you up to the top and overflowing. The Bible even says that later when Peter was, when Peter was preaching in the house of Cornelius, as he was still preaching, the Holy Spirit interrupted his sermon and the Spirit fell upon those who heard him. And they all in tongues, they're prophesying. So people say, what a mess. No, it's a Holy Ghost order. Heavenly order. So I don't mind if the Holy Spirit interrupts my service. It's His service anyways. They began to speak with other tongues. See, God does the filling, but you have to do the speaking. 
Some people are waiting for God to speak through that. That's not how this works. He does the filling. You do the speaking. They were all filled and then they began to speak. He will give you a new language. A heavenly language. A heavenly language. Can I, one of the ushers help her? Let me finish. Some of the others that have never received need to receive too tonight. Everybody's, everybody's staring at her. Just put her in the eye or something. It's okay. It's okay. She can be filled. But she can have her own party there for a second. So we can, we can still get some other people filled here as well. Just put it down there. That's fine. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Just here, right here. Or there. Uh, eyes on Jesus or here. <laughs> See, they were filled and then they began. If God wants to give me joy, he's going to have to laugh through me. No, you're going to have to laugh. Because when you get the Holy Ghost, you get the fruit of the Spirit too. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Some people have been going to church for 20 years. Can't tell. Can't tell there's any joy. Can't tell there's any peace. I have been baptized in lemon juice. Face so long. Pastor Rodney says face so long that they can look through, through the keyhole with both eyes. So narrow-minded. <laughs> narrow. <laughs> See, God does the feeling. You do the speaking. He gives, Jesus said in John chapter 7, He said, Come to me, all you are thirsty. He who believes in me, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. See, he said, come to me and drink. See, you can come, but then you can come and say, okay, well, if the Lord wants to do it, he will do it. That's not how this works. You have to come and drink. You have to come and receive. You have to open up your heart. You have to say, Lord, come and fill me up. I want it too. Some people are like, oh, it's for this guy. It's for that lady over there. No, it's for you. They were all filled. There's a flame with your name on it. Don't leave home without the Holy Ghost. Don't go another day without being filled to the top and overflowing. Oh, hallelujah. Well, we'll see what happens. I've been prayed for before, but I haven't seen anything yet. No, because you need belief. You need faith. You need faith. He who comes to God must believe. Because I ben onverschillig. No, onverschillige don't get anything. I don't know the English words for it. Indifferent people. Indifferent people don't get anything. With, with the things of God, you've noticed this. You can't be indifferent about the cross. Either pro or against. There's nothing in between. It's not like I'm neutral. Either Jesus is your savior or you're going to hell. There's nothing in between. Is that okay? 
So make Jesus your savior. But it's the same with the things of God. Everything about the word. It's like, you can't be neutral about it. Ah, you can't just like, well, I like the Bible, but the Holy Spirit thinks, it's like, nah, leave that alone. Then how many pages are you going to rip out? You can get a Bible on discount. Half the pages are gone. 50% off. I only want things that I like. Well, there's not much left then. Amen. No, it's like I'll take the whole thing from Genesis to Revelation. If it's in the book, I believe it. I take it. It's mine. Hallelujah. I want it. I want it. I want it. Yeah, you can't you can't read the Bible and 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 deny that God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Let's keep reading. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So then the whole city comes to see what's all happening there in that upper room. In verse 13, others mockingly said, these people are drunk. They're full of new wine. But Peter, verse 14, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose. They sure are drunk, but not as you suppose. <laughs> Very important, those three words, as you suppose. They're drunk. They're high on God's supply. <laughs> Ephesians 5 says, don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, losbandigheid. When you get drunk with the alcohol of this world, you do dumb things that you later regret. But then it says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd much rather have the new wine of heaven. Oh, give me heaven's wine. Give me the grapes that were squeezed in heaven's presses. Drunk on the Holy Ghost. But these are not drunk as you suppose since it's only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Dutch flesh, Suriname's flesh, Moluk's flesh, African flesh, Puerto Rican flesh, fallen dumb's flesh even, Swiss flesh, Taiwanese flesh, Filipino flesh. Canadian flesh, all kinds of flesh, Ethiopian flesh, Indian flesh, all flesh. Oh, hallelujah. See, God does not discriminate. All nations. He's like, I got the Holy Ghost. I got this gift for you. The world can discriminate on the outside, but God doesn't look at the outside. God looks at the inside. God looks at the heart. And God is looking around this room tonight, looking for someone to whom He can show Himself strong on their behalf. 
I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men's servants and my maid servants. Women shouldn't preach. On my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Women should be silent. No, no, no. Women are called to prophesy. Hallelujah. Oh, and I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Numbers 33, Peter keeps preaching and then at the end of his sermon he says, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. People get nervous when the Spirit of God starts moving, but when the Spirit of God starts moving, there's something to see and there's something to hear. If there's nothing to see and nothing to hear, it's boring. But life with Jesus is not boring. <laughs> you can ask Peter later. It's like, hey, how was it? Ever since Jesus stepped into your boat, he's like, man, one big adventure. We got toiled all night, caught nothing. Now a miraculous catch of fish. Boat started almost sinking. Net started breaking. Never seen anything like that. Then we walk from there and we go and see some demoniac cast like with chains bound naked and in chains. He starts running to us. Jesus just casts a legion of devils out. And then it's, the, the devils go into the pigs and the pigs fall off the thing. They kick us out of town. We move to the next town. We raise a girl from the dead. I mean, it's just one big, of a, big adventure. But guess what? You say, well, Jesus is not here anymore. No, but he sent his spirit. He said, it's better for you that I go away. Because when I go away, I can send the helper, the Holy Ghost, the Parakletos, the one called alongside you to help you. And he shall not just be with you, but he'll be in you forever. Hallelujah. That which you now see and hear. Now watch this at the end of that chapter. At the end of his sermon, they had, when they heard this, verse 37, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say gift. Yes. Can't work for it can pay for it you can't be such a good christian to earn this thing you can only receive the gift of the holy spirit and that gift is still being given today you shall receive the gift of the holy spirit everyone who's a child of god everyone who has jesus as their lord washed in the blood you're a candidate to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then he says, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. 
God's calling you today to receive this gift from heaven. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment. As the Spirit of God is moving all across this room. There's something for you here today. Heaven's gift for you today. This gift is for you, for your children, your children's children, and to all who are far off. This gift is for you tonight. Salvation was a gift. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is also a gift. Thanks for listening to today's message. To be notified of new episodes, just hit the subscribe button. And to connect with Ben on social media, you can find him at Ben Kruska on Instagram and Facebook.